0: On this week's prequel episode, we follow up on our Barbie and the Nutcracker listener polls, learn about Tom Hanks, and preview Forrest Gump. Hello and welcome back to another episode of This Film Is Lit. It's a prequel episode. We've got a lot to talk about, so we're going to get right into our patron shoutouts. I put up with you because your father and mother were our finest patrons, that's why. No new patrons this week, but we do have our Academy Award winners, and they are Nathan B., Vic Hammer, Mathilde, Steve from Arizona, Paul, Jeff Niederhofer, Teresa Schwartz, Ian from Wine Country, Winchester's Forever, Kelly Napier, Gray High Tower, Gratch, just Gratch, Shelby says, oh right, the feedback, the feedback for TFIL, the feedback written specifically for TFIL, TFIL's feedback. That darn skag, V. Frank, and Alina Starkov. Thank you all very much for continuing to support us. We truly appreciate it. Speaking of feedback, let's see what the people had to say about Barbie in The Nutcracker.
1: Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. All right, well, on Patreon, we had three votes for the book, zero for the movie, and one listener who couldn't decide. Um we also had little, we only had comments on Patreon <laughs> this oh, really? time. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh first comment was uh, from Shelby says, oh right, the feedback. The feedback for TFIL. The feedback written specifically for TFIL. TFIL's feedback.
0: I can't do a Patrick Orb I can't I
1: so. can't either, so I'm not even gonna try. Um Shelby said I enjoyed the fantasy elements of the book way more than I expected to, but I wasn't as charmed by the story within a story as Katie. By the time we were through The Nutcracker and The First World Problems, I was over it. I didn't dislike watching the movie, and I'm going to credit that to the voice cast. Also liked that the main character was aged up to make it a little less weird. Good, bad, or bad, bad covered a version of the Nutcracker a few years ago where the brother was also the Rat King. Is that what you were thinking of? Garman? I
0: imagine it is because he's not the only person. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so, yeah, somebody else commented that. Somebody that.
0: else. And I, I guess my brain didn't register at the time that that's what it was. But yes, I, I would imagine that's what I was thinking of in the episode, mm-hmm. yeah, The movie is Christmas Dreams, where it's like a weird version of the Nutcracker. Yeah. I, I think I even referenced that episode in... Did I not make it? No, I referenced it in a good, better, better episode we did recently. Never mind. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, I, uh, I do think that's what I was thinking of. Uh, what is the Nutcracker and the First World Problems a reference to? Like, what is? Um,
1: I believe Shelby is referencing that. Uh, like within the story, the story within the story um where the princess is transformed into like a nutcracker monster thing so the problem that they're trying to solve is that she's ugly basically um and then the the young boy also gets turned into a nutcracker so the problem then is also that he's ugly Mm. essentially um which uh, yeah (laughs) i mean i see it's not like the worst problem you could have right um but it it is a pretty common theme in in folklore to you know transformation into some kind of monstrous form or animal form our next comment was from kelly napier who said oh the book over and over i really enjoyed the story and it actually gave a lot of clarity to the stagings of the ballet i've seen I have a hard time understanding story told through dance, but now I think I might actually be able to follow it. I found myself asking why the main character's name was changed from Marie to Clara at some point. Not sure if you noticed it or not, but there is a Clara in the book. In the book, She's a doll that Marie owns. Hmm. Maybe someone thought it was just easier to combine the characters. That was kind of what I thought.
0: And, and just kind of like a, a playful reference because Clara is a doll mm-hmm. and... It's Barbie so maybe I mean
1: Clara is usually what the character Is called in the ballet as well
0: Wait what She said it was changed From Marie no no, no I know I yeah. know But I'm saying in the book Oh I see what you're saying okay so yes Because they're doing what the play I see- sorry, yeah. The- sorry Yeah so you're saying that the Not only does this change it but that the And I remember you saying this on the episode that the Stage adaptations normally name her Clara yes yeah Okay, I and I'm
1: that. not entirely sure where the flip came like about, did, but or yeah. why that was a decision that was made. Maybe somebody along the way just liked the name Clara better. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, Kelly also said the instrument used in "Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairy" is a celesta, mm. <laughs> that I hope I'm pronouncing correctly. It looks like an upright piano, but has that distinct tinkling
0: tone to it. Yes, I do vaguely remember that from my. Yeah, elementary school music classes.
1: I, th- I think I said celestina, so I you was. I like was that, in yeah. the neighborhood at least.
0: Yeah, because <laughs> I think there is. I thought that the what you said sounded familiar. There's to me.
1: probably another instrument called a celestina. It's probably a small celesta or the something celesta like that. Celesta
0: a transposing. Yeah, it's a, it looks like a piano,
1: but yeah. it's not obviously. I think the only other thing I know of, off the top of my head, that uses that is um. Every Day by Buddy Holly. Mm. Our next comment was from Steve from Arizona, who said, Seeing how weird the world is when it comes to the classics and reinterpreting them, oftentimes it's just better to indulge in the book. I will say it would have been a fun crossover to have Katie watch Christmas Dreams and see her experience the wonder of a Kevin Sorbo-narrated fever dream with Holocaust references and Stephen King-esque horror imagery. Also, I was literally yelling Christmas dreams when you started talking about the main character manifesting her brother as the rat king.
0: Yes. So Katie hasn't obviously seen Christmas dreams, but she has. Watched I, yeah, episode, I did watch so. that
1: episode. So yeah, I have I have in fact seen the Holocaust <laughs> references. Yes. For no apparent reason.
0: So uh, the Celestina in 17. I don't, this is an article on Britannica. Okay. Encyclopedia Britannica's website I guess In 1772 a device called a Celestina was patented by Adam Walker in London It employed a continuous Horsehair ribbon Kept in motion by a treadle treedle, To rub the strings of a harpsichord hmm. Thomas Jefferson Who ordered a harpsichord equipped with the Celestina in 1786 commented That it was suitable for use in slow movements and As accompaniment to the voice Similar devices using uh some using rosin rollers were applied by it to pianos by various ingenious inventors throughout the 19th century.
1: So also an instrument. Yeah, or apparently, but like a very like yeah, a very lesser specific... known
0: one, maybe. Yeah, oh. I don't know. It's interesting.
1: I wonder if my brain knew that or if I was thinking for like, something that's close the, to When it. I
0: Googled Celestina instrument, the only thing that comes up is that article on oh. Britannica. Then second result is Celesta. Although Google is useless now, so who knows? Like, most search engines are are just being ruined. We've made the internet, anyways, made the internet worse, anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I don't. It would surprise me if you had known that, but maybe I don't know. It's not impossible. <laughs> I'm
1: not saying I did, but I'm not saying I didn't. Yeah. Uh, and our last comment was from Matilde, who said. Growing up with a German mom means my bedtime stories were all effed up tales and it was completely normal to me. Maybe it shaped me in a weird way, but I like it and rereading them as an adult, I can appreciate their creativity even more. The mix of strangeness, even horror at times, like Marie nearly bleeding to death, and sweeter moments should not work, but it does. Maybe because of the familiarity it brings up for me, or maybe because it's just great on its own. I love Marie slash Clara. She's a very empathetic and kind protagonist. I love the idea of Drosselmeyer, what I would have given to have a family friend making me intricate toys and indulging my dreams and ideas. I love the weird shenanigans with the mice, the terrifying idea of a seven-headed mouse, the twist of the princess Perlipat being a superficial bitch. It's all fun to me, even more now than it was when I was a child. The Barbie movie is fine, I guess but nothing special or memorable to me. It does an adequate job of adapting the ballet, and the animation is fine for the era and the budget, but overall it's too ordinary. Tim Curry's voice work is the only point that I really liked, but that's to be expected. I'm not the target audience for it, and I I didn't watch the Barbie movies as a kid either, so it had no chance of being my pick in this face-off. German inappropriate kid folktale for the win.
0: There you go. Our resident German uh, has has, has weighed in.
1: Um, So like I said, we didn't have comments anywhere else. Uh, We did have some votes. On Facebook, we had two votes for the book, zero for the movie. On Twitter, we had two votes for the book, zero for the movie, and one listener who couldn't decide. On Instagram, we had five votes for the book and four for the movie. Mm -hmm. Our listener polls winner this week was the book with 12 votes to the movie's Four plus two voters who couldn't decide.
0: There you go. The book crushes this week. It's time now to learn a little bit about Tom Hanks.
1: No matter what anybody tells you, words and ideas can
0: change the world. So, obviously, we've covered Tom Hanks movies before, but we're well, at least one Polar Express. Oh, yeah, he was. I guess that's the only one, maybe. But yes, we did cover Polar
1: Express. We did. I forgot
0: that was his whole thing. <laughs> we, I'm sure we either had a different learning thing segment or no learning. I
1: think thing we talked either. about um, stop motion, maybe or not well, That film's motion. not stop motion, um, so I wouldn't. What am I thinking of? Motion capture.
0: Oh, probably yeah, yeah. maybe yeah.
1: Um, anyway, Tom Hanks figured, why not? Let's little, learn a little sure. bit about him. We're kind of getting to a point with the learning things segments where I'm grasping at straws sometimes. Yeah, and sometimes but we just don't do them. But let's yeah. learn about Tom Hanks. Um, Tom Hanks is an American actor and filmmaker and one of the most popular and recognizable film stars worldwide. He is the fourth highest grossing actor in North America, according to a list compiled in 2020 that I looked at mm-hmm. uh, and he's behind Andy circus, Robert Downey Jr and Samuel L Jackson.
0: Is that highest grossing like their movies are highest grossing? Yes. Interesting.
1: Like their body of work yeah. all together. Which guess... and the the three in front of him obviously have Marvel yeah. and yeah. Lord of the Rings and
0: Is Andy circus in I mean he's in Black no, not Black Panther. Uh yeah, right? Yeah,
1: Black he Panther. was in Black Panther.
0: But that's the only one he was in though, because he got killed off in that. I think, and then I obviously, Lord so, of the Rings. Oh, Planet of the Apes. That's right. He was in all the also the Planet all of the, the Hobbit Apes. movies. Yeah, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. I forgot he was in all the Planet of the Apes movies. And yeah, yeah. I was sitting there thinking, like, yeah, that's right. Because a lot of times he's not. You don't see him in the right.
1: Movie. <laughs> very true. Yeah. Um, but back to Tom Hanks. Um, he was born in Concord, California, in July of 1956. Uh, According to Wikipedia, he was shy and not particularly popular when he was a kid, but that did not stop him from acting in school plays as it did not stop any of us theater kids. He eventually did go on to study theater at uh, Chabot College. Um, before transferring to California State University. Mm-hmm. However, he did end up dropping out of college following an internship at the Great Lakes Theater Festival in Cleveland that turned into more of like a full-time job.
0: I wonder what full-time job that could have been. <laughs>
1: um, it sounded like it was a little bit of everything. Like okay. he was just doing whatever they would let him do there. Um, Interesting. All right. And Ended up like dropping out of school because he was... Getting experience in the yeah, field. Right. Uh, also, during that time, he won the Cleveland Critics Circle Award for Best Actor for his 1978 performance as Proteus or Proteus. I'm not really actually sure in Shakespeare's The Two Gentlemen of Verona. Yep. Been a hot minute since I read any Shakespeare. Anyway, uh, he moved to New York City in 1979 and continued to pursue acting both on stage and on film. Um, and his film debut was in the low-budget slasher film *He Knows You're Alone* yeah. in 1980. I didn't know he ever like pursued any stage work. I thought that was interesting. A that lot doesn't of actors do. Mostly, I say,
0: most of them have at some point. I really,
1: I did not know that. Of course, I, Tom Hanks was already, like, huge by the time I was born. Oh, yeah. So, so, like, so it was
0: obviously had blown up uh, yeah, yeah. when we were Like,
1: born. he was already Tom Hanks by yeah. the time I knew of him. Yeah. Uh, but his big break in Hollywood was actually getting cast as the lead in 1984's Splash. Mm-hmm. Um, and he got that role after meeting the film's writers while making a guest appearance on the TV show Happy Days. Also,
0: isn't Splash directed by uh, Ron Howard? I think
1: maybe I Which don't would know. Make sense. I've I never thought, actually seen The Splash.
0: Yeah, it's directed by Ron Howard, so that so would be. So he was, in, yes. so he met everyone. <laughs> he met yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um so that was his big break, but it was the broad success of The Fantasy Comedy Big mm-hmm. in 1988 that established him as a major Hollywood talent both as a box office draw and within the industry as an actor. Um and he got his first nomination for um, Academy Award for Best Actor for that movie. Forbidden. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that success, though, was followed by a string of uh, box office underperformers. Yeah. Um, but he climbed back up to the top again with his uh, role in A League of Their Own mm-hmm. in 1992. And then the rest of the 90s was just like a long list of huge successes. For Tom Hanks, with some of his most well-known films coming out during that decade, including Sleepless in Seattle, Philadelphia, Forrest Gump, Apollo 13, Toy Story, Saving Private Ryan, You've Got Mail, and The Green Mile. Yeah. He won the Academy Award for Best Leading Actor for Philadelphia in 1993, and then again for Forrest Gump in 1994 becoming the second actor in the history of the awards to win consecutive Best Actor Oscars. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, Hanks kicked off the 2000s by starring in Castaway, another one of his most well-known roles, uh, for which he received a Golden Globe Award and an Academy Award nomination. He then also began to dip his toes into other aspects of film, including directing and producing collaborations on Band of Brothers, Road to Perdition, and Catch Me If You Can. And he and his wife, Rita Wilson, also produced the hit movie, My Big Fat Greek Wedding, in 2002.
0: I did not know that. I did
1: not know that either. And I knew then, he was
0: involved in Band of Brothers, but I didn't... Uh...
1: Yeah, he had like a... It's just said that he collaborated <laughs> Uh, uh, in a directing and producing,
0: yeah, I'm trying to see role. if he directed. Anything.
1: Like it didn't say like co-directed or anything. It just said collaborated. He
0: directed one episode. Yeah, so is or at least according to IMDb, he directed one episode. Is what it says. So that would make sense. Yeah.
1: Um, also in 2002, he became the youngest ever recipient of the American Film Institute's Lifetime Achievement Award at the age of 45. Yeah. Wow. So I I mean I feel like you really have to have a, a good body of work to get a lifetime achievement award at 45. Good on you, sir. Um so at this point uh I was I was getting a little bored of just tracing his career through the decades. Yeah. Um so I feel like we're close enough to the present that I'm just going to hit y'all with some additional Tom Hanks fun facts. Sounds good. I think uh, people know the films uh, yeah. of Tom
0: Hanks at this point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Most people.
1: Uh, So Tom Hanks is often compared to James Stewart and also has frequently been referred to as America's dad Mm -hmm. Uh, and I he does have a dad vibe yes to me big dad vibes he also has an asteroid named after him Uh, asteroid one two eight one eight Tom Hanks all (laughs) one word yeah He's a distant relative of both Abraham Lincoln and Fred Rogers, aka Mr. Rogers, who he oh. also portrayed on screen. I
0: how distant?
1: Pretty distant, yeah. I think. But okay. like on the family tree. <laughs> okay, fair
0: enough. Yeah. Uh,
1: he serves on the board of governors for the nonprofit educational space advocacy organization, the National Space Society, and is a huge advocate of space education and study. Mm-hmm. He was inducted as an honorary member of the United States Army Rangers Hall of Fame for his accurate portrayal of a captain in Saving Private Ryan.
0: Yeah.
1: Hanks is also known for his political work, um, including donating to many Democratic politicians, raising funds to campaign against Prop 8 in 2008, um, being a proponent of environmentalism and in particular electric vehicles. And endorsing both Obama and Biden in their respective presidential campaigns.
0: He's he's the one. I feel like he's the he's not the one, but he's you know the the right likes to talk about uh, the, the the liberal Hollywood, and I mean Tom Hanks is a classic liberal. But it's funny that I don't think any conservatives hate Tom Hanks. Despite yeah. I'm I like, <laughs> these I'm things. I'm
1: sure there are people that don't like him, but like. I don't know. He just seems like an okay guy. Yeah. Like,
0: you
1: yeah. know. Yeah. Um, Another little anecdote. I thought this was interesting. In 2004, while he was touring the White House, Hanks learned that the press corps did not have a coffee pot, and shortly thereafter, he donated an espresso machine <laughs> uh, and then donated new machines in 2010 and 2017. I find that incredibly so, uh, hard to uh, believe keep, that the press keep, corps is Keeping not have... the press corps in caffeine. Yeah, okay. Tom Hanks. Interesting. I don't know, man. This is according to Wikipedia. Yep.
0: um
1: And aside from uh, all of the accolades that I have already mentioned, Hanks has also received the Kennedy Center Honor in 2014, the Presidential Medal of Freedom and the French Legion of Honor both in 2016, and the Golden Globe um, Cecil B. DeMille Award in 2020, uh-huh. which, which is, is their a, lifetime. Yeah, it's another lifetime award. achievement award. Yep. Um. I. i You know. I. I don't know Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's secretly an asshole. But like on paper, seems he seems like like a pretty stand up kind of guy. Seems like. like it. Seems like there it. may
0: be some dark secrets that none of us know. But I've never heard anything. <laughs> I don't think about Tom Hanks. I could be. Could be wrong. He just us.
1: seems like generally affable. Yep. And like talented and stuff. Yeah. You know.
0: Yeah. Good for him. All right. <laughs> Let's go ahead now and talk about one of his most famous, well, sorry, the book that one of his most famous movies is based on, Forrest Gump by Winston Groom.
1: Hello, my name's Forrest, Forrest Gump. Would you like
0: a chocolate?
1: Oh, thank you.
0: It's funny what a young man recollects.
1: You're the same as everybody else. You are no different.
0: Your boy's different.
1: Are you stupid or something? Mama says stupid as stupid does. And Jenny. I'm Boris Forrest
0: Gump. She was my most special friend. My only friend. We was together all the time. We was like peas and carrots, Jenny and I. Run, Forrest! Hey, stupid! Run! Now, you wouldn't believe it if I told you, but I could run like the wind blows. Who in the hell is that? That there's Forrest Gump, Coach. Just
1: a local idiot. <laughs> I never thought it would take me anywhere. Forrest Gump is a 1986 novel by American author Winston Groom. The titular character's surname was actually taken from Gump's store, a thing that I've never heard of, uh, but according to Wikipedia, it is a luxury American home furnishings and home decor retailer that was huh. founded in 1861. Literally, I've no, never heard of it, me neither. Um, but apparently that's where the the last name came from. Interesting. A sequel to Forrest Gump titled Gump and Co. was published in 1995 following the success of the film. The the novel suggests that the real life events surrounding the film have affected the character Forrest's life within the world of the book. Um, With Forrest telling readers on the first page, quote, don't ever let nobody make a movie out of your life story. And quote whether they get it right or wrong, it don't matter, which I, I think is an interesting approach. Huh.
0: Uh, so just to cl- uh, the reason you haven't heard of Gumps is that it's not uh, like a chain. It's um, it is specifically which we could have visited it if we would have thought about it. It's a it's a like a store specifically in San Francisco. Oh. It is like a high end um, home furnishings. Hmm. and like you know like their their website i'm just on their website and they there's like jewelry and weird little baubles and trinkets and i do feel like like i saw something
1: about that when i was like looking at stuff to do in san francisco but i thought it was like a novelty like movie no (laughs) giant thing no
0: it's they have (laughs) just like it's really kind of weird like Hmm. You know, yeah, they have like bars, decor, they have, they just have all kinds of like, it's kind of like a, look like a, like a Crate and Barrel, except like maybe mm. not as like um, practical focused, <laughs> like because Crate and Barrel has like a lot of right, like 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 kitchen, kitchen stuff. tools, but it's things. similarly, maybe kind of, I don't know. Or
1: like a pure one.
0: Yeah, kind of. Again, here's some of their categories. Trinkets, trays and boxes, faux florals, table decor, collectibles, chocolate tea and more, pillows and throws, desk and stationery. There is serveware and drinkware, but there's not like, you know, games and puzzle lighting. So it's like that kind of I
1: stuff. I love all that stuff.
0: But it's just called Gumps, and it's <laughs> a store in San Francisco. Interesting. Well,
1: now we know. Assuming
0: that's the same one now, yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: which it seems like.
1: Uh, the, the novel Forest Gump uh, was actually not like super well received. Uh, in a 1986 review by Kirkus, the anonymous reviewer, Described the book as a quote stumbling, droopy, drawed attempt at a picaresque novel and said that it was a quote heavy handed, one joke sort of novel, which is finally a cheat. Mm-hmm. So Kirkus, not a fan. Yeah. Uh, Publishers Weekly recognized the quote on target humor, but said that the author quote has written better books than this. Okay. I mean, that,
0: that's I'd be like fair enough. Like it's you know, that's it's it's a back ended compliment in yeah. a way.
1: Um, so it initially only sold around thirty thousand copies, um, which is a lot, but not like a lot, if you know what I mean.
0: No, yeah, it doesn't seem like a ton. Yeah.
1: Um, but after the film was released, the novel sold over a million copies. Yeah. So and aside from the 1994 film that we will be discussing yep. there was actually an indian hindi language adaptation of the novel oh. released in 2022 although the films that films wikipedia page says that it's a remake of the ah, tom hanks movie so, it may not so be, who knows well. how similar it even is to the book
0: yeah, maybe more of a film remake than a yeah. book adaptation okay cool well speaking of the adaptation though, no, it's now time to learn a little bit about forrest gump the film now maybe it's
1: just me but college was very confusing times have you ever been with a girl forrest i sit next to them in my home economics class all the
0: time have you given any thought to your future girl
1: what's your sole purpose in this army to do whatever you tell me you're a damn genius
0: you are going to be a general someday, ghost. Yes, yes, yes. They're sending me to Vietnam.
1: Can you promise me something, okay? If you're ever in trouble, don't try to be brave. You just run, okay?
0: Okay. Forrest Gump is a 1994 film directed by Robert Zemeckis, known for Back to the Future, Contact, Castaway, The Polar Express, uh, the 2020 version of The Witches, among many others. It was written by Eric Roth, who actually wrote Dune, uh, the 2021 version. Killers of the Flower Moon, most recently, uh, A Star is Born, and another one we've done, The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. So, fair amount of adaptations in there. Uh, and the film stars Tom Hanks, and it's also interesting to me, because some of those movies, I don't know, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. The, the politics of some of those movies don't mesh with uh, the in, uh, what, what I've heard about. We'll get into it. <laughs> um, this movie has a complicated... Right. Um, has had a complicated re... Uh, reassessment
1: like, maybe Eric Roth has just grown up that's true learned. yeah that's
0: 20 years ago yeah. so you know or 30 years ago so yeah um very 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 possible very likely uh anyways the film stars Tom Hanks Robin Wright Gary Sinise, uh Michael T Williamson Sally field and Haley Joel Osmond uh, those are all the main people at least and I assume I spe- I so I the pronunciation for the uh, Michael T on the internet said Michael or Mckelty. But then when I went to an interview with him, the interviewer said Michael T and he didn't correct them. So I'm going with with Michael T, Uh, but it's spelled M-Y-K-E-L-T-I. The film has a 71 percent on Rotten Tomatoes an 82 percent on Metacritic and an 8.8 out of 10 on IMDb. It is number 11 on IMDb's top movie list. The film won uh, a bunch of awards. But just kind of limiting it to the Oscars here, it won six Oscars, Best Picture, Best Actor in a Leading Role, Best Director, Best Writing, Best Editing, and Best Visual Effects. And it was also nominated for Best Supporting Actor for Gary Sinise, uh, Cinematography, Art Direction, Sound, Sound Effects, Makeup, and Original Score wow so nominated for what was that so
1: a critical uh, darling two, three,
0: four five six seven seven uh uh sorry 13 oscars i think and then mm-hmm. six of them mm-hmm. uh yes critical darling uh we'll get into the oscars some of the oscar controversy here in a little bit <laughs> not really controversy at the time but we'll get into it the film made 678 million against a budget of 55 million so uh before the book was even published there was significant interest in the script are in the manuscript, uh, and it actually resulted in a bidding war that was ultimately won by the Warner or by Warner Brothers Studio to the tune of five hundred thousand um, dollars. And at that point, Winston Groom would write three drafts of the script that were actually a closer adaptation of his novel in the early stages of pre production for this. Mm-hmm. Then, apparently, Rain Man came out. Uh, And Warner Brothers decided they didn't want to make another savant movie, like right, (laughs) which it's not the same thing, but they're basically, uh, according to Wikipedia, they didn't want to make another savant movie right after The Rain Man came out. And so the project kind of stalled. Then uh, Eric Rother was brought on, or Roth, right? What did I say? Yeah, you had
1: Roth earlier. Yes,
0: Eric Roth um, was then brought on to rewrite the script. And eventually Paramount Pictures bought it. And they actually bought it during the, per, the the acquiring the rights for it. Paramount actually swapped a script rights. Basically, this is a mm-hmm. thing I guess studios do or used to do maybe where they'll just like swap script rights like, oh, we oh, want that like movie. We'll tradesies. give you this. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, and they gave uh, they gave Warner Brothers uh, the script for executive decision. And they got. uh <laughs> Uh, Paramount got. I've never even heard Forrest of that Gump. movie. Yes. Well, I mean, it's actually a pretty big movie. It has um, Holly Berry and like Kurt Russell. It's got a mm-hmm. fairly, but yes, no, it's made like no money. Uh, worst trade Warner Brothers probably ever made. Maybe <laughs> not the worst. I don't know. Maybe there's a worse one out there, but I'm sure they're kicking I, that themselves. That one seems
1: pretty bad, <laughs> yeah. though.
0: I'm sure, they're kicking themselves for that one. Uh, so, getting into the production, a handful of other directors were actually considered for the film before Zemeckis was hired. Uh, some of those directors include Ivan Reitman, who's probably most known for directing Ghostbusters, but lots of other comedies from that era. Penny Marshall, uh, who's probably most known for A League of Their Own, uh, and Big, mm-hmm. directed Big. Um, and then also she was uh, she's Laverne, right, in Laverne and Shirley, or Shirley? She's one of the two um, in Laverne. I'm pretty sure Penny I Marshall is one of the two in Laverne and Shirley, right? Am I making that up? I'm pretty sure. Penny Marshall is, yes, she's Laverne in Laverne and, or was Laverne in Laverne and Shirley. I believe she passed away recently. Uh, another actor or director that was considered was Terry Gilliam, uh, who did Monty Python, The Holy Grail, Brazil, obviously a bunch of other movies. Uh, and then Barry Sonnenfeld, who's probably most known for The Addams Family, Men in Black, and Wild Wild West, among other things. Mm. Uh, but none of them were selected, and it ended up going to Zemeckis. Um, I found an article from the BBC about famous roles that were turned down and apparently John Travolta was the original choice to play Forrest Gump and he Mm -hmm. actually very much regrets having turned down that role (laughs) years Uh, later. mm -hmm. Um, Some other actors that were considered included Bill Murray, Chevy Chase, Matthew Broderick and Sean Penn. Uh, And apparently Groom uh, imagined the role being played by John Goodman when he was Hmm. like writing it or whatever. Uh, some other people that were considered for parts, uh, Joe Pesci was considered for the part of Lieutenant Dan. Uh, and then according to the Chicago Sun-Times Ti- Sun article that I found, David Allen Greer, Ice Cube, and Dave Chappelle were all offered the role of Bubba, uh, which is what Michael T. Uh, Williams, I believe it was Williams, um, his role, uh, but turned it down. And then in another interview that I found with Uprocks, Tupac's wife, his widow, said that Tupac Shakur had also read for the part of Bubba, apparently. Did not get it. Uh, the film was primarily shot in South Carolina, with the state standing in for Alabama, which is where most of the film takes place, but it travels around quite a bit, obviously, because Gump's a bit of a a jet setter. Well, not mm. around the world. No. Well, he goes to Vietnam, but <laughs> famously, but um, so I, I, I found some random stuff about VFX and stuff on the Wikipedia page. None of it was super interesting. It was all kind of like standard stuff, but uh, one of the things that I thought was interesting is that for the shot of the Lincoln Memorial, which there's a, a scene where they go to the Lincoln Memorial for like a bit. There's like a it's a, mm-hmm. a, a it's I think it's MLK's. I have a dream protest like the the big one. Uh, and the way they filmed that was they actually had fifteen hundred extras and they moved them around the memorial, like the National Mall mm-hmm. and recorded them all and then composited it all together to make it look like, mm. you know, tens or hundreds of thousands mm-hmm. of people at the mall. and It was really only fifteen hundred people. All right, getting into some IMDb trivia, so take it with a grain of salt. Uh, The actor who plays a reporter on the scene where Tom Hanks visits Washington, D.C. after his uh, return from Vietnam was apparently also an actual tourist from Atlanta, Georgia. He happened to be on Capitol Hill that day with his wife, and he was asked to read. Hmm. supposedly this is getting to the, the, the controversy uh, about the Academy awards that I mentioned in 2015, the Hollywood reporter pulled a bunch of Academy members about any potential redos they would want or revotes they would have for old awards that had been handed out. And one of the more popular uh, mentions was that the 1994 best picture winner, that should have been given to the Shawshank Redemption instead Ooh, of Forrest Gump, spicy. according to uh, a lot of members of the Academy, which mm-hmm. was a a fairly popular take today and, like, it's mm-hmm. been a fairly popular take since. People like Forrest Gump, but, I mean, Shawshank Redemption is is, is a better movie by, like, a lot, in my opinion. And I, I, again, it's been a long time since I've watched Forrest Gump. I did not, I've never disliked the movie Forrest Gump. We'll see how I feel about it now, but it, mm-hmm. it's been... I probably watched it last in college, maybe, Mm -hmm. like, maybe. It's probably, it's at least been 10 or 15 years since I saw it. Uh, The film was selected by the Library of Congress for preservation in the National Film Registry in 2011, uh, as it is culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant. Mm -hmm. Uh, Apparently, Kurt Russell is the uncredited voice of Elvis in the movie. There's a couple, Mm -hmm. there's like a part or two where Elvis has some lines or we hear him. I
1: don't believe that.
0: And yeah, apparently Kurt Russell did that because uh, he's his friends with uh, Zemeckis or something, and he's had him do it. Uh, The magician Ricky Jay, uh, who actually passed away not too long ago, designed a special wheelchair for Gary Sinise that used an illusion to hide his legs because uh, Gary Sinise is in a wheelchair for most of the film uh, after he. And he gets injured in the war, um, and apparently it had a hidden platform underneath to, like, basically like a magic trick to hide mm-hmm. his legs so that he could sit. Um, but the contortion that it required to sit in it meant that he could only use it for like ten minutes at a time. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it would get really uncomfortable. Also, the other thing I read is that they, most of the time, I think I don't know how much they actually used that chair. I'm sure they had it and used it maybe for some stuff, but a lot of it that I read is that they also just wrapped his legs in like blue cloth and then rotoscoped the legs that out later, which is how they me. normally yeah. would do that. Um, But if you could come up with a way to do it where maybe you didn't have to do that for certain types of I could imagine it being Mm -hmm. useful for certain things a lot of times those there's usually not one way they do things like that in movie there's usually multiple ways that they accomplish that depending on the scene and how it's being filmed and etc etc. Uh, So apparently the studio imposed pretty significant budget cuts before they started filming, which forced Zemeckis to leave out uh, quite a few planned effects shots that he had. Uh, One in particular I just had to mention because I. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) One in shot in particular that was cut involved Forrest running into Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and his supporters in the scene Force Gump distracts several dogs trying to attack King and his supporters by playing fetch with them and rendering them harmless to King and himself as well as his supporters. So that's the kind of thing. That's the yes. Your reaction there is, I think, the reaction that a lot of people have to this movie in general (laughs) is, yeah. I think there's quite a few scenes in this movie that you could, if you read a description like that, the scenes that actually make it into the movie, you would you would have similar uh, reaction to just the descriptions of the scene. Uh, Yeah, Uh, and then my last IMDb trivia fact was that uh, apparently many of the extras in the scenes with the hippies. At one point, Robin Wright goes and she's hanging out with hippies. Uh, we're actors from the Maryland Renaissance Festival nice. because the casting director realized that they would be good. Uh, a good source of performers with long hair. <laughs> so they got a <laughs> bunch of uh, Rennies to come be uh, hippies in the, in the movie. <sighs>
1: Rennies, hippies.
0: <laughs> I thought it was fun. Yeah, uh, and then finally getting into some reviews, and these are all contemporaneous reviews uh, because the, as I mentioned, the film has sort of been critically reassessed as of late, uh, less positively than it was at the time. But it wasn't uncritic- or you know uncriticized at the time. Todd McCarthy, writing for Variety, said, "Quote: The film has been very well worked out on all levels and manages the difficult feat of being an intimate, even delicate tale played with an appealing light touch against an epic backdrop." End quote. "uh contrastingly anthony lane writing for the new yorker called the film quote warm, wise and wearisome as hell end quote uh, for the entertainment or for entertainment weekly owen gleiberman said that the film was quote glib, shallow and monotonous and quote reduces the tumult of the last few decades to a virtual reality theme park, a baby boomer version of disney's america end quote oh, my God. yep <laughs> <laughs> And that is, that is, see, those are, I think that's a contemporaneous review, I mm. think. Um, and that is more in line with the more of the modern critical reassessments of the film mm-hmm. that I have seen. <clears throat> so, uh, writing for Rolling Stone, Peter Travers called Gump, quote, everything we admire in the American character, honest, brave, and loyal with the heart of gold, end quote. The New York Times uh, Janet Maslin called Gump, quote, a hollow man, who is, quote, self-congratulatory in his blissful ignorance, warmly embraced as the embodiment of absolutely nothing, end quote. And then finally, because he was writing at the time, Roger Ebert for the Chicago Sun-Times said, quote, I've never met anyone like Forrest Gump in a movie before, and for that matter, I've never seen a movie quite like Forrest Gump. Any attempt to describe him will risk making the movie seem more conventional than it is, but let me try. It's a comedy, I guess, or maybe a drama or a dream. The screenplay by Eric Roth has the complexity of modern fiction. The performance is a breathtaking balancing act between comedy and sadness and a story rich in big laughs and quiet truths. What a magical movie. End quote. I think he gave it four out of four stars or three Mm. and a half. out. I can't remember. But big fan. Roger Ebert was at the time. So that's that. We want to remind you, you can do us a favor by hanging over to patreon.com slash GBRB. (laughs) This film is lit. I'm sorry. Sometimes I get, (laughs) I've said the other way around. I don't think I've ever done it that way. Uh, Patreon.com slash this film is lit. You can support us there and get access to bonus content. We just released our uh, happiest season review for our December bonus episode. We do all that kind of every month. We put out a new bonus episode. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Goodreads or threads, any of those places. Make sure you keep track of us so we can hear what you have to say about any of the movies review and again, as I mentioned, if you do support us on Patreon at the Academy Award $15 a month level, you get priority recommendations, which this movie was by...
1: This was a patron request from Kelly Napier.
0: There you go. One of our longest standing uh, Academy Award winning patrons. Kelly, thank you for recommending it. I'm very excited to revisit this. Katie, where can people watch Forrest Scump?
1: Well, as always, you can check with your local library or a local video rental store if you still have one. Um, Pretty good odds that they'll have this (laughs) movie. Yes. Um, Or you can stream it with a subscription to Paramount Plus or Pluto TV.
0: You could also probably find this one at your local thrift store. Probably. Like on DVD. (laughs) Or VHS. Or VHS, yeah.
1: Um, but barring any of that, you can rent it for around four bucks from Amazon, Apple TV, YouTube, Voodoo, Redbox, DirecTV, Flix Fling, and Spectrum Plus.
0: There you go. Those are all the places you can watch. Force Gump. Uh, like I said, I am excited to revisit this. Uh I'm trying to go in without preconceived notions. I, I haven't really I haven't watched anybody's contemporaneous reviews. I just have seen people say, mm-hmm. boy, that this movie does not hold up. Uh, Mm -hmm. This movie is not And and other people are just saying like oh I never liked this movie I don't know so I'm interested to see because I I, I Only saw I've seen this movie a handful of Times when I was younger again the last Time was probably sometime in college if I had to guess I don't remember watching it more recently Than that Um, but the couple of times I Remember seeing it when I was younger I enjoyed it but I was Also a kid so who yeah Well
1: I've never seen it yeah So I'm coming to this with zero Nostalgia goggles
0: that's gonna be Fascinating I almost wish it was a, a, a Switch episode I think it works either way, but it would be interesting to see you coming into the movie with no knowledge, mm-hmm. because I have seen the movie a few times. But I do think, I think it'll work either way. But yeah, I am interested to see um, what you think of the movie, having never seen it before. Me too. Yeah, <laughs> I will have all of my questions will be line based. I'm fairly certain <sighs> all of my questions will be: Is that line in the book? <laughs> is that? like is it, it's a very uh, maybe one of the most quoted movies. American yeah. movies of yeah. all time it's gotta be up there uh, in the top 10 of movies that people just say random lines from so uh, anyways <laughs> that's gonna <laughs> do it for this prequel episode come back in one week's time we're talking about Force Gump until that time guys, gals, non-binary Pals and everybody else keep reading books watching movies and keep being awesome